the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. So you don't have to go full force into, I'm going to open another company and build a web application. There's plenty of things that you can do to start on the innovation track and to recognize that law is slowly shifting from a seller's market to a buyer's. And eventually, we're all going to need to make changes or will become irrelevant. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. So Maximum Lawyers, Tyson and I wanted to hop on real quick and give you an intro to this new concept we have going called Maximum Lawyer Rewind. There we go. Maximum Lawyer Rewind. This is a brilliant idea from our very own Becca Eberhardt and Tyson. They, they've come up with a lot of good ideas. And one of them is that we want to bring you some of our best episodes, some of our favorite episodes. And I haven't um, seen the list of what those episodes are, but I sure want to make sure that Law Firm Roulette is on the list because that's one of my all-time favorite episodes. Jim has not seen the list because he's not completed his portion of it, but I, I, the first one I pegged was the, the roulette. So uh, website roulette, it was the very first one that I picked and I picked a few other ones and there's some really, really good ones in there that I had completely forgotten about. And Jim, so you need to finish the list and so that people can, can listen to the rest of our top 10 Maximum Lawyer Rewind episodes. All right, I'll do it. All right. Enjoy everybody. You're back on the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Tyson. Long time no talk. Hey, do you notice I changed a little bit? I didn't say, what's up, Jimmy? I said, hey, Jimmy. Um, I shouldn't have said anything. I should have just let people comment on it. But uh, yeah, I I feel like we've been talking a lot lately, like like every day or every other day. It's kind of nuts. We recorded an episode earlier today, which we don't usually do, and then uh, we've got all these plans for Max LawCon and for the Zapathon, so we, we have been talking a lot. We have a lot going on, man. The, uh, the Zapathon's going to be pretty sweet. We've had quite a few people buy tickets already, so I'm, 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 I'm really excited. And set aside the, the other people attending, which is exciting by itself, but just sitting down for two days and working on automation and Zapier just makes me so happy. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. Well, the, th- the funny thing is, is that it all got started in my brain because I wanted to go work with Kelsey for two days. And I said, well, why not make an event out of it? So that's sort of where it all came from. 
I love it. It's great. I, I think it's something that people have been wanting for a while. They want that that, that sort of workshop. So I think it's gonna be gonna be awesome. And if if people think, oh my gosh, quit talking about this stuff, it's it's not because we're trying to promote it. It's really not. I I can't, I, I don't. I, I want to see people there, but honestly, it's something that's just gonna be awesome anyway. So we're not just talking about this just to promote it. So um, so don't think that it's something that I'm just really excited about. But uh, Jimmy, do you want to introduce our guest? I sure do. And we were talking about the Zapathon right before you got on the call. Her name is Erin Levine. She is the founder and CEO of Hello Divorce. She's a certified family law specialist out of Oakland, CA. Erin, welcome to the show. Hi, welcome. It's so nice to be here. I'm super excited about the Zapier, Tyson, not Zapier. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know what? You're the second person to correct me on the podcast. I'm I'm just so used to saying Zapier. I'm so sorry. Well, but we talk about zap, so that should give you a clue as to how we should pronounce it. I completely agree. I couldn't, I could not disagree with you. Uh, I did, I completely agree with you, <laughs> but I just, it's stuck in my brain as Zapier. And so I just, I, I just, I just say it. I'm sorry. Oh, we'll, we'll, for, we'll let you, we'll forgive you this one. You know, you said you were oh, being no, feisty. I, and I thought we had an agreement that we were going to take this out on Jim and not on I, me. I, what's going on here i know i know i lost my way i just i heard you say that it triggered something inside me and i just went for it but that's right. it well, I'm, done. I'm gonna take a shot at jim because jim wants to be a california boy so bad so bad so he, he sends me a text last week about being in in the in uh, lax instead of just saying he's in an airport he's got to use lax just a second ago he says oakland ca like it's a cool thing. Like he wants to be a California boy. Jim, San Diego's coming. You're gonna make it. it you're gonna get there. It, you're, it's 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 coming. Okay. I know you want to move out there. So if, if anybody's got a condo available for Jim to live in, I'm sure Amani would love kicking him out. This is all true. I all have right. a condo available <laughs> in Oakland, actually Alameda. And um, well, Oakland gets a bad rap, but it is pretty darn awesome. So hopefully you'll visit us out here sometime. Nice. All right, we gotta get this thing going. All right, so Aaron, talk about your story. Talk about how you got to where you are, where you started and all that good stuff. Sure, so I have been practicing law since 2005. In 2009, 10 years ago, I opened Levine Family Law Group, which is a full-service family law firm handling complex and contested cases, uh, ranging from divorce and child custody to donor agreements and prenups and California's third parent law. We have six lawyers. And at some point, about two and a half years ago, I just got really bored with not only the practice of law, but burnt out as well. And I had this awesome team and they were all depending on me for not only income, but for a job. And so I knew I wanted to find a way to incorporate them, incorporate them into what I wanted to do next. I just didn't know what that was. And ultimately what it was is a technology company that I started, Hello Divorce, which helped self-represented litigants affordably and easily navigate the divorce process with a web-based application that I built along with access to managed legal services as needed. So a subscription model paired with a la carte fixed fee legal services. 
So I definitely want to get to that. And I know we're going to talk a lot about Hello Divorce, your technology website, but talk to us a little bit about that time when you were frustrated and what was what was grinding you down? So I have two small children at home. They're now four and seven. And I was working really late hours. I was going to court all the time, which I know for some people works beautifully, but after doing it for, you know, 15 years, it was tiring and exhausting and it wasn't really feeding my soul. At the same time, I live in Northern California where almost all of our clients, or at least a big percentage of them, are in tech. And so they were asking for new and different types of services, some of which is as, was as simple as I'd like a fixed fee uncontested divorce. And with the overhead and systems that I had in place, I could do it, but it wasn't really going to make us a lot of money. And so I knew there was, an, I, I, I really believed that there was a new way to incorporate technology with the law and drive costs down for the consumers, but still make a good living as a lawyer. I just didn't know what that would look like, but that's what I really started to invest my time and energy into. So it's interesting. I I heard on a podcast the other day about um, everyone thought that the advent of of ATMs, the bank teller was going to go away. And the reality is, is that since the advent of the ATM, the number of, of bank tellers has increased quite a bit. Their job is just different. And so I think that's a really fascinating thing. And I think people are really worried about technology in the legal field and how it's going to really, you know, destroy a lot of firms that, that are successful now and, and maybe in 10 years they won't exist anymore. Have you given any of that thought? I know that that's sort of a, a, a deep thing, but have you ever given any of that uh, thought and what are your thoughts on it? Absolutely. I, I mean, that was one of my biggest goals here was to not only create a new way to deliver legal services, but to create a new sustainable way for lawyers to practice in consumer facing areas of law without overly exerting themselves, without burning out and without limiting themselves to the income of an eight hour workday. I wanted to find a way that lawyers could make as much or more money, um, but not necessarily by billing by the hour or just doing that kind of work, the traditional status quo, full representation work. You're sitting there and you realize that you're burnt out and you don't necessarily like the way things are going. And you decide that based on all these questions you've had from technologists about doing something better, what steps did you take at first to get started on the process? Well, the first thing I needed to do was to find out if there really was a market for something different. I knew that in my bubble there was, but I wasn't particularly sure if the rest of California or the country um, had a need for this. And so one of the first things I did was a lot of research on the average length of divorce, around how many self-represented litigants there are, around the kind of money that a legal Zoom or a divorce right or a complete case was paying in advertising. Because I figured if they were paying a ton of money on pay-per-click, there was probably a pretty darn good market 
for at least divorce um, online. And so once I figured out, hey, there's definitely a market here, the next step was to find out what exactly consumers needed and wanted. And so I worked with a design firm outside the legal industry to survey hundreds of people who had either recently completed their divorce, were in the throes of divorce, or were considering divorce to find out what it is they felt like they needed, what cost they felt they could spend, um, how important technology was to them, whether or not they needed a human connection, all of those things. And then once I had that data, I was able to start designing what is now Hello Divorce. I think that's phenomenal. And before we get to you know what happened next, I think it would be helpful because I think a lot of people want to do that sort of that research. Um, can you talk people logistically through how they should do it or and kind of using how you did it? Because I think people kind of get bogged down in the details. Oh my gosh, how do I how do I do this? Can you talk about that a little bit too? Yeah, absolutely. So I the first thing I did was just make a list of all the things I wanted to find out if there was numbers on. And I did it in a few different ways. One is obviously just to look at US census stuff. The other is to ask my colleagues in other states. For example, Kim Leverton in Texas was able to show me that right on the Texas state legal website, there was a lot of statistics that I needed. And then I also reached out to companies and startups that were in legal technology who had written white papers on issues like access to justice and legal technology so that I didn't need to recreate the wheel. And I got a lot of great information from them and kind of went with that. I'm still researching on a regular basis. I'm still Googling almost all the time and hitting up um, practicing lawyers as well as people in the legal technology industries to continue to figure out what it is that our market is and how to best serve that market. One of the great things about having this podcast is we get to talk to smart people like you and ask them questions that that occur to us. That's the great thing about a podcast. And so Aaron has have you given any thought to teaching lawyers how to do what you did? I definitely given thought to it. And it's something that my mom reminds me of daily. <laughs> For whatever reason, she finds it really important that I either consult or teach. I love to share information and I'm always happy to do that. But I definitely don't think I'm at the place yet where I would be spending a lot of time on speaking or conferencing or workshopping, partially because I'm still developing my model and I'm still running the law firm and the tech company as well as having two kids at home. So I'm pretty slammed. But like I said, I I love talking about this. I can't tell you how many people I spoke to at the Maximum Law Conference um, where you know we exchanged ideas and talked about different ways to deliver. I mean, you guys have it right, because in the personal injury space and other areas of law, bill, billing by the hour isn't as relevant. And so you're not necessarily 
limited by that eight hour or 10 hour, 12 hour day. But as family law attorneys and landlord tenant attorneys and sometimes bankruptcy attorneys and estate planning attorneys, we are. And so I really love to share information with other lawyers as to how are they getting around that so we can maximize our earnings and also give people what they really want and what they're pushing for. So that was a long way of saying that, yes, I'd love to teach at some point and hopefully make a difference and really be able to share this new way of practicing law of delivering legal services. But right now, um, I'm just pretty much in it. You're definitely in the middle of it. Uh, you've got a lot going on. <laughs> but, so let's say that um, you were starting your practice today and you didn't have all this stuff, other stuff going on. Uh, so you're, you're, you're fresh out of law school or you're just getting done working for another firm. How would you start out today? So basically what I'm asking for is what advice would you give people that are starting their firms today? Well, I would definitely find a mentor and one really good way of doing that because you want to find someone who you connect with, not just, you know, legally or business wise, but you want someone that is going to be a personal connection, someone that hopefully will become a friend. And a great way of doing that is going on Twitter and following a bunch of different lawyers and seeing what their ideas are and then following up with them. I would definitely be looking to maximum lawyer. I would be looking to lawyerist. I would be looking to different online resources that could help me build a new practice without reinventing the wheel because you guys have worked so hard on coming up with systems to make a new firm work. And then the next thing I would do is really build myself an online presence. And I'd really look to what it is that I want to niche and not just the subject matter, but what type of people and what socioeconomic status do I want to reach and how can I do that? And I'd really start building my messaging and my online presence around that. Now, that might be very different from how a lot of people establish a practice, but that is what I would do if I were starting out today. Hey guys, it's Becca here. I'm sure you've heard Jim and Tyson mention the Guild on the podcast and in the Facebook group. That's because we're seeing some really exciting things happening with Guild members and their businesses. The Guild is this perfect mix of a community, group coaching, and a mastermind. Inside, you'll gain support, tap into a network of connections, and continue learning, a common theme among successful entrepreneurs. There are so many benefits inside the Guild, including weekly live events and discounts to all Maximum Lawyer events. Head over to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash the guild to check out all of the benefits and watch a few testimonials from current members. Investing in a community is like the self-care of business ownership. Being in a community with other people who get it is crucial when you're creating a rock-solid foundation to build your business on, one that's strong enough to withstand setbacks, transitions, and growth. So head to MaximumLawyer.com and click on the guild page to join us. Now, let's get back to the episode. 
You're listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Today, our guest is Erin Levine. She's the CEO and queen of Hello Divorce. Erin, um, talk to us a little bit about how the website works and what clients or customers, I guess, of HelloDivorce.com um, can do when it comes to processing their divorce with your help. Sure. So at Levine Family Law Group, we always handle contested divorces, still do, and uh, the average client spend at our law firm in Oakland is 17500 So the client spend, the average client spend on Hello Divorce is 1500 So as you can imagine, volume is very, very, very important when it comes to making money on Hello Divorce. And so a huge part of my day and week and month is focused around marketing. And one way we were able to get a lot of consumers interested and excited about Hello Divorce was that we offer a free membership. So what that means is once you sign up, you have access to loads of resources and tools and worksheets that break divorce down into really easy, understandable bite-sized pieces. You can do things like calculate child support or spousal support or develop your own parenting plan. But once they're a free member, at any point they can upgrade to a paid membership um, and you know, a good percentage do. The other thing is, is that we offer a free 15 minute call. So uh, when people take us up on that, for whatever reason, they want to connect with us, tell us a little bit about where they are in the process so that we can help assess their needs and tell them which membership plan we think works best for them. We have a really high conversion rate. So that's been incredibly important to the user experience. For people that have a divorce that is fairly easy, amicable, um, and they have the time, energy to put a little bit of work into their divorce, they often choose our Divorce Navigator, which is our $99 a month option. The Divorce Navigator is a web application built out in Python, and it allows the user to navigate the divorce process start to finish. So each step, they follow a guided interview, which populates their form. And that part of the app is where we integrate with Documate, which is my favorite software ever. And then once you fill out the forms in each step, you work with our interactive guide to file them and serve them and move on to the next step. With the Divorce Navigator, most people upgrade, meaning they purchase a fixed fee for us to file and serve their documents for them because they don't mind using the app to prepare all their forms, but they just don't want to handle the logistical stuff, especially because it varies in California and many other states from county to county. So there's no possible way I can give perfect steps there. And then our Divorce Plus and Divorce with Benefits packages are much more hands-on. In California and Arizona and some of the other states, 
you can have a legal document prepared. This is similar to a paralegal, um, but they aren't supervised by lawyers. And they can walk clients through the divorce process start to finish. And it's considered a non-legal service that's overseen by the Businesses and Professionals Code as opposed to our legal regulations. So our Divorce Plus and Divorce with Benefits is a flat fee of $2,500 or $3,000, depending on which one they choose. Or they can pay it in installments, which makes the fee go up by $500. And with the Divorce Plus and Divorce with Benefits, the legal document assistant uses technology to make it super easy for the client to enter in information and documentation, and then they take it from there and handle the entire divorce. And with the divorce with benefits, the client gets an additional two hours with a lawyer to receive coaching or document review or whatever it is that they need. That felt like a really long description. Do you want me to do that again, much shorter? No, that was that was perfect. I think that that was a, it was a great explanation. Okay. And, and here's a question I've got about that because I, I think your your explanation was perfect. Um, here's my question. Are you able to track, I'm sure you are, but I, I don't know if you know what the results are yet, but are you able to track and find out what the results of the client satisfaction per level that you have? Yeah, so we're tracking um, about a million different things, which is super exciting in real time. One of the things that we're tracking is, of course, the average client spend and what people are purchasing most. We also have all the cart services. So people often just purchase a one-off thing like, hey, we went to mediation. I, we have an agreement. I think it's a good one, but I'd love to talk to a lawyer about it just to make sure. Um, and then we are also, of course, tracking uh, customer experience and feedback, testimonials, and all that good stuff, just NPS tracking. Um, for each of the level of services that we provide. Aaron, do you separate the employees from the two companies? And I'm wondering which set of employees <laughs> are happier than the others. Hello Divorce employees are definitely the most laid back, um, happy, just in general feeling good people because for a lot of reasons. Number one is they get to work completely remotely. They get to set their own hours. Most people don't necessarily want to talk to a lawyer between nine to five. So if you're a Hello Divorce employee and you just put your kids down at 7.30 for bedtime and now you want to make some extra money for an hour or two, you can. So there's an incredible amount of flexibility working for Hello Divorce or with Hello Divorce. And um, you also get finality, and you're also working with happier clients. In general, the vast majority of people that are coming to Hello Divorce for help are people that are either already have an agreement with their spouse or strongly believe they'll be able to work towards that agreement. They're more focused on themselves and reorganizing their lives than revenge against their ex or bitterness or whatever it might be. And so it's just more pleasant. Now, Levine Law Lawyers, we have two different types, right? We have the type of Levine Law Lawyers that deal with all our contested cases. 
And then we have Levine Law Lawyers that do the coaching and legal services arm of Hello Divorce, because as you know, a tech company can't fee split or offer legal services. And so when people purchase legal services through Hello Divorce, they're actually purchasing with the law firm. And in California, that's Levine Family Law Group. So I think, I mean, my, ultimately my goal is that everyone at the Levine Family Law Group who's practicing law will ultimately be there simply to support the orders that come in through Hello Divorce and that we won't do a lot or any contested actions because it just appears to me that the employees and contractors that work with or through Hello Divorce are enjoying it more. So I'm so curious, what does your typical day look like? Because it seems like, I mean, like this is all really highly technical from a technology standpoint, but like, do you practice much law during the day or do you mostly work in looking at the numbers, making sure the, the firm's running properly? What, 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 how's that work? Well, at any given time, I have a few, maybe a handful of cases, um, but I don't practice a lot of law these days. I spend most of my time managing the law firm, but really actually some of my time managing the law firm. Um, I got an incredible amount of help from Billy Tarasio and Chad Burton at Modern Law Practice who pretty much have turned the law firm into a lean, mean machine. So it pretty much manages itself. But for the most part, I'm working on Hello Divorce Everything from scaling our marketing spend and optimizing for conversion, which is new because up until this point, we weren't spending money on marketing, to adjusting the user experience, redesigning a portion of the app, doing podcasts like yours, applying for grants or other investment money. It's just a really busy, sort of exciting time for me. I get to spend a lot more time on the entrepreneurial and creative side, which is what I love best. I know that. Well, I was talking to my son Yusuf the other day about disruption in the legal field. And one of the things we were talking about was the doing away with the prohibition of non-lawyers investing in law firms. And I'm wondering, where do you think, since you're at the at the epicenter of technology and law, where do you think things are headed with law firms and, and investment? Well, first of all, I would say that this has been so challenging. The biggest um, amount of money that I've spent on this project outside development has been on ethics lawyers and trying to ensure that we are doing this in a way that won't get shut down by any state bar that we're in. Um, it's been really frustrating and hard. We started out as a law firm, which was fantastic but and easy, but then, of course, we weren't able to take any investment or really advertise or market the way that we wanted to, the way that we felt that consumers would connect with. So that's when we split the two companies. And, I mean, the writing's on the wall, right? Like, look at all the states that are now exploring different types of um, regulations and how we can deregulate and focus on the client experience as opposed to only protecting the lawyer status quo. But in my opinion, it's not happening fast enough. 
um, and that's frustrating, and I really think that it stifles innovation. I look at what LegalZoom is doing here versus what they're doing in Europe, and, you know, what they've done in Europe is, you know, buy up law firms and really connect the technology, the online legal piece with good, important legal advice, which is exactly what we should be doing here. And we can, and I am, but it hasn't been easy at all. And it's a little bit scary. Like no one wants to risk their legal degree, excuse me, their license. You know, that's just been incredibly frustrating. And I'm really hoping that we continue on this trend, this trajectory to deregulate and to refocus our efforts on how we can oversee the profession. I mean, this is just so exciting to me. I think it's something that that, that you're doing something that's changing the law. I think it's so awesome. We And I think that sometimes we just get stuck in a rut. And I think that the law sometimes gets stuck in a rut. And it's so cool seeing people like you and Billy Tarasio and others um, really changing things. It, it's so, so cool. Uh, to my left, yeah. no, go ahead, go ahead. I was, all I was going to say is, um, yeah, as you know, I'm not alone. And it is so exciting for me to see what other people are doing out there. And if creating your own web application feels a little daunting at this point, it's not the first thing you need to do or the only thing, right? There's building uh, online course or using your existing customers at your law firm trying out some new type of technology to see if it resonates with them and if it's helping to, you know, get things done. So you don't have to go full force into, I'm going to open another company and build a web application. There's plenty of things that you can do to start on the innovation track and to recognize that law is slowly shifting from a seller's market to a buyer's. And eventually, we're all going to need to make changes or we'll become irrelevant. Such a good point, and especially your point about just it's, it's sort of these incremental steps, you know, bit by bit by bit. I think that that's a, that's a really good, really good message. So here, here's my question. This is actually a pretty good segue because you, you're building this thing. You've built this thing. It's pretty awesome. And most people that build technology companies are looking to sell their technology company. Is that something you're looking to do or do you want to stick this thing out uh, in forever? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so no time soon. And I have worked really, really, really hard to bootstrap and apply for grants and do a friends and family round so that I wouldn't have to give up um, a significant portion of ownership because it is really important to me not just to meet the consumer needs, but like I said earlier, to show lawyers that this is a new sort of sustainable way to practice that's awesome and that makes money. So in the near future, I don't have any plans of, you know, seeking someone to or a company to acquire. But I think, I mean, like that's the dream, right? Ultimately, that would be incredible. I'd love to be able to have an awesome exit and then focus my time and energy on something else that I love and that I'm passionate about. So I guess we'll just have to see. All right, Aaron. So for my last question, you touched on it briefly a little bit earlier, and that's your your Twitter presence. I think you do a great job of spreading the word on Twitter of posting things that are both interesting and sometimes related to Hello Divorce. Talk to our listeners a little bit 
about how they can amp up their Twitter game? Sure. So I use Twitter a little differently than I use my other social media ch channels. So, and part of that was just by trial and error. When people follow me on Instagram, that's a awesome way for us to get clients and users. But what I found really early on was that I wasn't getting clients um, and users of our app on Twitter. So instead, I tried to focus my efforts on really building a community and networking and becoming a thought leader and sometimes even sharing resources that might be helpful to people. So I think with Twitter, it's really about finding the hashtags of things that you're interested in, whether it be legal tech or law Twitter or access to justice, following great people and being authentic. I think that you have such a short, you know, you, you only have so many words to get out your point and you have this incredible opportunity to share what's going on in your mind or your work. And so if you are authentic and share your position, you're going to connect with like-minded people. And you're also going to be able to connect or hear from people that don't feel the same way, which believe me, there are tons of haters of hello divorce too, primarily lawyers and sometimes journalists who see it as a social ill, like I'm somehow promoting divorce. But that gives me a lot of great opportunity to think about what, you know, play the devil's advocate and learn what is working and what isn't working for people in our industry. So I love Twitter. I think it's awesome. I think you guys do an awesome job with all that stuff, too. And, yeah, just keep doing it. you got to post. You can't shy away from it. You've got to be consistent. You know, Jim and I talk about this all the time. Haters are going to hate. You know I mean? Like the, whenever you get any bit of success, other lawyers are going to hate on you. They're going to talk bad about you behind your back. Even the ones that you think you're friends, they're going to talk bad about you. It, it's just a part of being su successful. I think any successful person is going to tell you that. They're going to, you're going to get some hate because there are a lot of jealous people out there. There's also a lot of people that are going to be uh, rooting you on, cheering you on and, and wishing you the best. So yeah, yeah, not worry about the haters. But uh, I do want to wrap things up. Before I do, I want to remind everybody, go to the Facebook group, uh, get involved there. A lot of great information being shared. Also, register for our Zapathon, January 23rd and 24th in Phoenix, Arizona. It's going to be a two-day workshop on automation and Zapier. Um, and so get, uh, get involved there. And then also remember to register for MaxLawCon 2020. Um, all that information is on the Facebook group. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? Well, first, let me just say thanks so much, Aaron, for coming on the show. It was great having you here. I'm, I'm really excited about all the cool things you're doing. My hack of the week is old school, though. Um, I'm sitting here looking at my November draft of my new physical newsletter. We've been working with Annika Galuski from marketing for the last three months. And to say that it is painless to prepare this newsletter is an understatement. She goes through and finds interesting things from our Facebook feed, from our YouTube, from our, our uh, blog, and she puts it all into the proper format and makes a really stylish uh, website or um, newsletter. Um, you know, our friends um, Don and Edie McClure use them, and, and I've been real happy with the job that Annika's been able to do for us these last couple months. Very good stuff. All right, Aaron, do you have a tip or hack for us? 
Well, I've just been obsessed with Zapier lately. Ever since I saw that you guys are going to have this workshop, I'm so super excited. I call it magical and the gift that keeps on giving. So that's been my focus this week. And I've been zapping um, orders and information like where new signups came from and whether or not they followed up with an order and how long the sales period was between sign up and order and then obsessing over that data that we're collecting. So um, no, nothing in particular, but I've just been having a really good time with Zapier. Awesome. All right. So I like, I like making money. I like saving money and I want to save you also money. I know before I've talked about how you need to look at your bank account, your bank statement and, and get rid of all those things that you don't need to save costs. I've got another trick for you. I, and anybody that knows, knows me or has dealt with me as a vendor, you know, I'm going to negotiate absolutely everything. And so I, here's my advice to you. Go through all the things that you do know you need. All right. So you've gotten rid of all the expenses that you no longer need. So you save yourself some money there. But then go back and negotiate the bills, your fees with all these vendors. And I just saved myself before this call uh, about, I don't know, 1500 bucks for the year uh, just dealing with one vendor. I'm not going to mention the vendor, but um, and it's just it's just a matter of going back. Usually they're happy to negotiate with you to keep you as a customer. So go and negotiate that. You can save yourself, for some of you, tens of thousands of dollars a year by going back and, and renegotiating those agreements, even if you have no plan on leaving. Um, and so go back and negotiate those. So that is my tip of the week. Aaron, thank you so much for coming oh, wait, on. It's been a, wait, wait, yes, you have yes to Aaron, go for one. it. I just, I just thought of one. Okay, this go is for so basic, and maybe you all already know this, but if you have any financial information or passwords or something like that that you need to get to an outsourced assistant or a friend or a family member, you can use onetimesecret.com. It's free. And you put in all the information you want and how long that information can stay on the site. And then it generates a link. And that's what you share with your uh, friend or family member or employee. It's just the link to One Time Secret. And it's really awesome and really easy. That's all, Jim, you and I could have used that earlier today. So that, that, yeah. that would have that, that we would have applied that this morning had you been on this morning. So that would have been perfect. Um, cool. So Aaron, thank you so much. It's a great tip. Um, this has been great. So thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. I look forward to seeing you guys in person in, I don't know, what is it, a month or two. You bet. See you guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.